undistracted except for what's going on up here. But when I come up here, I get to look at you all. And I see, you know, I see new faces. I see old faces I haven't seen for a while. And I see all of you. You think you're watching me, but I'm watching you. Uh huh. So I'm glad you're here. It's good to see all of your faces. And uh, we are in the book of 1 John. And um, because so much stuff was going on today, I have about three minutes to preach to you. But don't worry. You know. You know pastors. They break things. And uh, they don't care about the, to- the clocks, right? We don't care. God, I was just reading Psalm 90. It says, you know, a day is, as a, thou- a thousand years is as a day to the Lord. And three minutes is as three hours to a pastor. That's Hezekiah 3-2. No, that's just a joke. Okay, there's no Hezekiah uh, book. All right, so um, let's just pray. Lord, thank you, God, for this moment. Thank you that we're here gathered as your people. And, um, and you're with us. And, and you enter in. And just thank you for your presence. Lord, and we pray that you would be at work as you already have been at work. And even as I share, Lord, that your word would come out. Lord, give us ears to hear what you're saying. We pray. Lord, help me. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in First John. Can anybody guess? Here's the quiz today. Anybody guess who wrote 1 John? It's a tough one. John. And uh, this is John the disciple. You know what I found out? Last week I said you could read it in about 30 minutes. But I found out that if you get that Bible app on your phone and push play, you can read it listening to somebody else read it in like 15 minutes. God bless you. I'm so helpful. You learn something new. So you can, learn to, you can listen to this whole letter of John to the churches. Really, it's more like a sermon. So I get to do a, a sermon on a sermon. And um, it's really good to get the, the word of God in you. So I just encourage you as we're going through this to go beyond what Noel tells you. Open up your Bible or push play on that Bible app and listen to it and, and see what God will reveal to you because he'll, he'll give you some amazing stuff as you get his word in you. It's powerful for your life. Okay, how, how many of you like uh, sunlight? Oh, hallelujah. It's January and we're wishing for the Canary Islands, aren't we? You know, I, I, I am. So I grew up in... Uh, in Alaska, how many don't like sunlight? Because, no, I, I think we already figured this out, isn't it? There's people who like to answer questions in church, and there's people that don't like to answer questions. But I think, do we all like sunlight? Yeah, good, all right. If not, come to me later. Um, when, when I, where I grew up, right, I was born in a place called Cleveland, Ohio, and as uh, very young, I think, was I six months or a year or something? My mom's here. So nine months, she brought me up to a place called Alaska. 
and uh, to a town called Fairbanks. And in Alaska, it's known for its cold, right? And it's known for, in the wintertime, the darkness. And it's actually darker in Alaska than in Ireland at this time of year. Just a, a, a week or two ago, um, at the shortest day of the year, the sun, the sun just comes up and it like touches the horizon. You know, you just see it barely get up, you know, barely come o- over the horizon and then it goes back down. So you get three hours and 41 minutes of, of daylight, but it's really like dawn light or dusk light because it just comes up and then it hides. And so you don't, there's like weeks and months where you just, if you don't get out on your lunch break, you don't see the sun. And you know what happens? You get depressed. It's depressing, isn't it? When you, when you don't get any sun. Isn't it amazing? What thing my mom taught, taught me in coming to Ireland is, is that, because um, we moved here, I moved here in 2003, and she said, Noel, whenever the sun comes out, just stop whatever you're doing and go outside and receive. And that was a great lesson of living in Ireland because we appreciate the rain. The rain makes Ireland a paradise, but Ireland is a paradise when the sun is shining. That's what I say. Rain gives us the paradise, but sun is the paradise. So I love sunlight. I love light. I just love to receive it. it like For some reason, it just encourages, lifts my spirits. We all smile a little brighter. People look a little nicer on a sunny day, don't they? Did you ever notice that? I'm just kind of rambling now, but people look nicer on a sunny day. The sunlight does stuff to us, and... Um, People just know that. I mean, this is why uh, northerly dark places do sun holidays. So um, in, in America, on the West Coast, they have this place called Mexico. Well, you know, when it gets dark, everybody goes to Mexico. On the East Coast of America, everybody goes to Florida when it gets dark. In Ireland, when it gets dark, where do people go? Canary Islands, Spain, anywhere else? Mallorca. Huh? Cork. <laughs> Cork. That's right. Especially if you have four or more kids, because that Cork is, is a great place. So, yeah, so um, Russians have Egypt. I went to Egypt once, and you know who were there? The Russians. Because it's dark, and we need sun. And uh, sun, is, um, sun is healing. I already said that. Uh, there, there was a time, uh, somebody in my family, maybe it was you, my mom, uh, that there was just so dark that it actually literally affected physical and mental health, like depression, right? And they actually, what they do there in Alaska is you can buy a special light and then you sit under it for a certain amount of time because your body needs that light. And so it's actually for your health. Doctors prescribe lights to sit under. Did you know that? Isn't that amazing? Because, uh, because light is um, restorative. It, it, it gives healing. Can you say healing? Yeah. Light gives healing. And um, light is also revealing. Can you say revealing? Yeah. I was thinking about this revealing. You know, um, before people get married, they go on dates. 
And some people that get married do go on dates. I recommend it. But before, at least we do in America, does, is dates a thing in Ireland? I think there's a different word for it. Yeah, you do dates here, yeah. Dates. And where do they go? They go to dark restaurants <laughs> or dark pubs. And I figured out there's a reason why for this. You know, we say it's more romantic, right? Isn't it? Because we all look better in the dark. <laughs> you know, he's not going to see, see all that spaghetti sauce all over your mouth while you're eating. You know, she's not going to see the stain on your shirt or, you know, that you didn't iron your clothes. And, and even for the restaurant owner, right, you're not going to see the, the gunk on the plates. And that makes it more romantic, doesn't it? Wow, it sets the mood. You know why? Because we're hiding from reality. Yeah, that's true, no? So light is uh, healing and it's revealing. When we, when we stay in the, in the dark, we, we want to kind of hide, don't we? And, but light reveals. It, it brings so we can see what reality is. And um, we're going to look at what John has to say because um, John wants to teach us about God in this um, scripture. And maybe you're here today and you say, you know, how can I know God? Like, I can't really know God. God is just, you know, nobody really knows God. They don't know much about him, like what's he like and stuff. But actually, the Bible says that you can know God. You can know that there are truths about him that you can actually know, that he's revealed himself to us. And one of the first things um, that the Bible tells us about God, actually, the first words that came out of God's mouth were, does anybody know? Let there be lights. And then in the last um, chapter of the Bible in the book of Revelation chapter 22 verse 5 it says that at that time there will no longer be night because God will be our light Jesus will be our light so there will be no need for the sun anymore because the glory of God will be shining brightly isn't that interesting from the beginning to the very end we see that God is involved in light. And then all through the middle, there's this theme over and over through the scriptures. Dozens and dozens of times, it says that God is light. And John wants us to know this. So we're in John chapter 1, verse 5. And uh, what I titled this message, the message is, God is light. That's what he says in verse 5. And um, so, <clears throat> so there are truths that can be known about God. So will you just say with me for a moment, I can know God. I can know God. And uh, knowing God includes knowledge obviously, right? But knowing God also includes a relationship with God. So you can have knowledge about somebody. 
When I was a kid, for a little while, I collected baseball cards about famous baseball players. And um, I, I knew their statistics. I knew how many times they hit the ball, how many home runs they made. I knew how tall they were, but I didn't have a relationship with them. And so there's, there is a slight difference. But do you know what? Knowledge about somebody, information about them, is important. But even more important is a relationship with them. And so um, we want both with God. And the Bible says that we can know him. We can have knowledge about him, which has been revealed to us in a variety of ways. There's the word of God, and then there's God the word, Jesus. And uh, so God has revealed himself to us, and he wants us to know him. Know God, and then share his love. And uh, just thinking about, imagine, I was imagining... Uh, somebody who I know fairly well now, my wife, Heather. And I was imagining, for some reason, we got separated in Dublin. And I needed to find her. My phone was dead, and I was looking all over the city. Uh, Because I know her, I know that there are two places that I don't need to look for her. But I bet you don't know where not to look for my wife. But I know it. There are two places I will not go to first when I'm looking for my wife. The first one is a heavy metal concert. <laughs> and the second one is an oyster bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a variety of other places. So she, because, because I know my wife, I know she's not a big fan of heavy metal music. And I know my wife, she's not a big fan of oysters. So I'm not going to go look for her where I know she won't be. Right? Okay. So I'm going to take this. Obviously, this is an illustration now that we can know God. And we, when we know him, and in our hearts, when we know him, we know about him, then we don't need to go look for him where we know he's not going to be. Okay, and so I'm going to kind of just want to extract this a little because what does John say? God is light. God is light. Over here. God is light. Over here. Very good. God is light. Light, And then John goes on to say in this verse, in him there is no darkness at all. So what is light? Okay, th- yeah, this is the message we have, pro- we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 1 John 1, 5. This is the message. So... I want to look now at this picture of light and darkness. Okay, God is light. So what does that mean? So these are some of kind of an explanation of what, some of what John is talking about. God is light. God is good. God is holy. God is honest. God is revealed. 
sight. Think about sight. Life. Safe. And so because God is those things, he's saying then, in him there is no darkness at all. This is important. I know it's simple. It's like, it's like crush stuff. But we get the, the waters muddied with this so often. And it's so important to get this clear. In God there is no darkness at all. He is not evil. The circumstances you go through... The things that happen to you can be evil. God is not evil. He is not unholy. He is not dishonest. He is not concealed in the sense of he doesn't want you. He's, you know, he's not about blindness. He's not about death. He's not unsafe. Okay? Isn't that good? So simple, but so good and so important. So, if you want to know God, when you learn about him, it helps you to not go looking for him somewhere else. Okay, I'll see if I can explain this a little. You know, because um, a lot of things tell us that um, God is all of those things mixed together. And... and um, this is what Eastern religion teaches. That, um, you know, there's stuff like yin-yang. I don't know if you've heard that. Um, there's no real difference between good and evil. It's all just whatever. It's all relative. Everything is relative. There's not really truth. There's only opinions. You can have your truth. I can have my truth. And we can just do whatever we want. Right? Right? Praise me. This is what the world tells us. And, um, and, so, but when, and so when we start talking about stuff like truth, God is light, God is right, that means that we say that to some stuff, God doesn't like that. And all of a sudden it becomes uncomfortable in the room, right? In the conversation. Actually, God doesn't like what you're doing. That's not the way it's supposed to be. Right? Anybody ever been uncomfortable with some of that stuff? And, but truth and lies are, are a reality. And we just tell you. But the world kind of muddies the water. And it, sa- it says it's just opinions. Who are you to say? Well, listen, I'm not anybody to say. I have no authority. It's only God. Like, it's not me that you have to deal with. It's God and truth. And, you know, it's not, I'm not here to make you uncomfortable. It's actually, you know, truth is uncomfortable often. But you know what? It's so good for us. So much better for our life when we get it, when we step into it. And it's, and it's a loving truth. It's a compassionate truth. It's a lifting up truth. It's, it's a for you, not against you truth. It's a, it's a bring you into freedom, not an, into bondage truth. And that's, even though it makes you uncomfortable sometimes, it's so good because God is so good. And so we got to be clear though. We got to get clear in this stuff that um, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Um, like, 
there's so many different ways this gets into stuff. It's, it's amazing. Even with, um, even with, so Eastern religions talk about spirits, right? And I just want to have spirits. But in the scripture, we know that there are angels and demons. There are good spirits and there are bad spirits. There are spirits that you want involved in your life and there are spirits that you don't want involved in your life. And people just want to open themselves up to spirits. But the truth is, there are spirits that you don't want to open yourself up to. This is what God's word says. Just like there are people that are unsafe, there are spirits that are unsafe. And I would be doing you great harm if I told you differently. So, that, so that's just one example. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? You see? And so, so darkness and light, truth and lies... It's very important to be clear on these things for our lives because it has an effect on how we live. And so for John, he says, God is light and there is no darkness in him. Fellowship with God is an amazing thing. Fellowship with God. And uh, sometimes, sometimes um, we don't always feel like Christians. <laughs> Can I get an Amen. Anybody ever just uh, wake up on the wrong side of the bed and uh, not feel an emotional high while singing songs on a Sunday morning? Hands up. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like that. And you know what? You're still a Christian. God still loves you, even if you don't feel it. But, But there are amazing moments where you experience God and where we have fellowship with God, where it's an experience of the relationship. And the way I kind of think about it is, is that uh, some, sometimes my relationship with my wife is like we're like uh, roommates, right? We just got to get things done, change the nappies, do the dishes, Get up in the middle of the night with the kids. Pay the bills. You know, change the oil on the car. Get the car washed. All these things. You're just kind of living through life. But then there are moments where I hug my wife and I kiss my wife. And we have fellowship, right? A husband and a wife. And, and so it's the same with our relationship with God. And God wants us to have those moments where we experience the relationship. We may not, you know, we may feel like roommates and we, we are still a husband and a wife, but there's different levels of experiencing that. And it's the same in our relationship with God. And so God wants us to bring, he uses this word fellowship in this passage of scripture. But there are three things that I want to look at that block, can block this relationship, can hurt it, Okay. I'm going to try to go fast, but I'm not going to promise anything. Let's look at these, okay? There's a conscience blockage, a relational blockage, and a truth blockage. Okay, let's do the first one, conscience blockage. The question for us, for you, for me, is where do I walk in darkness? Where in your life are you going your direction and not God's direction? Walk. He wants us to walk with Him. And when we walk on our own, we walk in darkness. 
But when we walk with him, we walk in the light as he is in the light. And um, when we go our own way, it's a lie. So the Christian life, you know, I don't know if this is a problem here. I know this is a problem for some people, is that they think that the Christian life is just a one-time prayer. I did a prayer in 1973, and I've been saved ever since, and that's it. And that's, that's okay, but the reality is, is that um, the Christian life is a decision in a moment, a commitment to God, a repentance, and, it, and it's a turning towards Him. But you know what? The Christian life is that the same decision every single day. Who am I going to follow today? God or myself? And you know what? Even pastors deal with this. Who is Noel going to follow today? Am I going to do it my way or am I going to do it God's way? So it's a lot like marriage, right? We made this covenant in, on, uh, I forget, whatever that day was. No. June 2nd, 2012 in Fairbanks, Alaska, I became Noel Kamek. No. <laughs> That's funny, isn't it? No. She became Heather Kamek. I always remind her. She's not. A, she has a new name. So I got married on one day, but every day now, I am my husband's wife. I am my husband's wife. Same with God today. I belong to you, Lord. I, you know... Today I went my own way. Forgive me. I'm turning towards you again. Let me walk with you, Lord, today. So this is the, the fellowship. So where, where do you walk in darkness? Don't forget the question. And um, the Christian life is not meant to be like a tightrope walk. Like we're all awkward. Oh, I'm going to mess up. I'm going to mess up. This is so hard. Christianity. I'm going to use, almost use bad words there. Christianity is horrible. It's so hard. It's not meant to be a tight, tight rope walk. It's meant to be more like holding the hand of your daddy. Lord, help me. And this, the great picture is my kids, when we go to like a crowded place, and I watch them, my three-year-old and my four-year-old, they're like, Daddy, 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 trying to g- grab my hand, and I'm walking, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And then finally I take their hand and I walk with them. And so this is the, the Christian life. And sometimes they don't even just try to grab my hand. They just grab my leg and put their face in my leg and then walk with me. It's very awkward. But this is kind of the Christian life. Amen? Yeah. So where do you walk in darkness? And now I just want to encourage you, grab the hold of your father. He wants to walk with you. Second one, relational blockage. Are you in the light relationally? But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And um, I'll just let you read that a few times. This is God's word. Just have a look at it one more time. Because if you're not uncomfortable, you should be. (laughs) 
My goal here is to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. If you want to walk in the light with God, who do you have fellowship with? My, you know, my big prayer for us is that we would have fellowship with each other, that we would like actually love each other in this church. We are such a diverse group, aren't we? We're all snowflakes, right, Eric? We're all so unique and different, different cultures, different experiences, different personalities, different temperaments, different genders, different ages, super diverse. And that could be awkward, except for we have Jesus. So guess what we are? brothers and sisters and just look around you for a second because these people all around you are so amazing they are so beautiful these people that you maybe just walk by on a Sunday you know they they may have something that you really need in your life they may make you pull out your hair occasionally But you know what God wants us to do? Get over it and love one another. And do you know what? You know, like, okay, so you could think, right? Okay, first of all, in church, as you look around and see all that beauty, you also, the reality is, is that there is, it's not all beauty. I just want to tell you, it's not all beauty. We, we all have issues. And we actually all, in, in one big sense, we all are in darkness. That's why we need the light. And so just get over that, first of all, that these people around you will disappoint you. They're imperfect. They will make you pull your hair out occasionally. I will probably make you pull out your hair occasionally if you have hair. <laughs> and so that's, that's important to get over, first of all. Just because they're Christian doesn't mean they're perfect. Actually, the start of becoming a Christian is recognizing that you are not perfect, that you need grace. And so it's amazing. <laughs> you just get over that for those that are new to this Christian stuff. But then the, the, another thing that I just wanted to say is, is that um, as, we, as we do life, um, that pulling of the hair and stuff, that's okay. That's actually a healthy thing. So in, in a marriage, you know, it's healthy for my wife and I to occasionally fight. Did you know that? That's good. Now, there are lines, okay? There are lines where it becomes unhealthy, where it can become abusive and, you know, messed up. But in order to grow as a person, there has to be some conflict. The Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, 
So iron sharpens iron by rubbing against and grinding off the nasty stuff, and it's happening to both of them. They're both getting rubbed to, to clean and make smooth and sharp. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. This is what the, the scripture says. And so a little sharpening and a little awkward and a little disagreements and uh, a little conflict, that's a little healthy. Can, can I get an amen? amen? This is so helpful. This is not even in my notes, but this is so good, Noel. So, so God wants us to grow. And um, when you get tired of Christians, just imagine you're probably growing from them. And they need you and you need them. And there is, there is light that, um, you know, as you look around, there's, there's light that, that they have that you don't have. But there's also light that you have that they don't have. And there's dark that you don't have that they have. And, there, and there's dark that they have that you don't have. Do you know? Are you with me? So we, we give each other grace. This word grace is a wonderful thing. Mercy, compassion, love, all, all of these things. So, so relational blockages. Um, are you in the light relationally? Um, religion. We don't want to be religious. Religion says... I am light, you are dark, shame on you. But the gospel says, I am dark, God is light, God forgives me. Let's go together. You see what I'm saying? Wonderful truth in the gospel. Okay, the third one, final one. Truth blockage. Do you want to be forgiven and made clean? 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this is an important truth. Sin is an important thing. You know, the world will tell you again that, you know, there is no sin you shouldn't feel guilty. You should just move on with your life, enjoy life, and do whatever you want. But the Bible says that there are sins. There is right and wrong. There is good and evil. And that sin is when you live your life to do whatever you want instead of what God wants. And uh, sin is, you can sin by committing things, doing things, like abusing your wife or abusing people in your family. But you can also sin by not doing things. You can, you can sin by neglecting your wife and neglecting your family. Another way to sin. Sin, sin comes, can happen through our mouth, can happen through our actions, can happen in our thoughts, it can happen through our motives, the reason why we do something. Maybe we do a good thing, but the motives are twisted. And it, all of that is sin. And so sin is whenever we live apart from God, His light. Sin is darkness. And um, confession, confession is, all it is, is agreeing with what God already said. Confession. Uh, 
So an example, confession. I am wearing a blue shirt. One example. Confession is speaking about what really is. And um, in terms of sin, it's saying, I am a sinner and I need God. So, John says, if we confess our sins, look at that. Isn't that so good? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is faithful. Can you say that? God is faithful. God is faithful. So what he's saying is is that God is faithful. He said that he will forgive you if if you confess your sins. And if he's faithful, what will he do? He will do what he said he will do. He will fulfill his promise that when you confess your sin, that he forgives you and he'll cleanse you. He'll take all that dirt off of you. And then it says that he is just. He will forgive us because he is just. God is not dangerous. Interesting. So, so when you confess your sins, again, this is like ABC's crash kind of stuff that I'm teaching you in this moment. This is fundamental Christian stuff that God wants, that John wants the, the people to hear God is just. He will forgive you. And um, so in, in other religions, you have to pay for your sins. You have to somehow find a way to be good. Be good enough to, to be with God. But in Christianity, God has paid it for you. That's why we're smiling Christians. Because God did it. Because we were not good enough. Because we needed grace. We were so lost. We were like these sheep, like falling off cliffs. But God came and he rescued us. He pulled us. He lo- pulled us in. He loved us. And, and so he is just. And so, so because Jesus has paid the price, you don't have to. And so this is important for Christians even. Because we forget it so easily. We so easily think we've got to pay the price again. But Jesus paid it. God does not double charge. You know? So, you know, look at your receipt and remember, Jesus bought it for you. It's already been paid. You don't need to pay. So God is just. So this is his promise. He will forgive you. So then my last question. Can we put my last question up there really quick? Do you agree with God about yourself? So have you, con- have you confessed, you know? God, I, I'm a sinner. You, you know, even today, I've been walking in darkness. I confess my sins. Anyone who says they have no sin is a liar. So I confess my sin, Lord. I, you know, I had bad motives. I shouldn't have said that thing, Lord. So then do you agree now? Because he says, once you confess, you are forgiven. You know how I can know if you, uh, if you agree is if you're smiling. Let me see those smiles. 
like you are forgiven. This is amazing. And so my prayer, I know, again, we don't always feel this truth. But uh, my prayer is that we will deeply, deeply know this truth, that we are forgiven. God says you are righteous. You are forgiven, and he's going to cleanse you. All right, let's stand up. Hallelujah. All right. So I, I asked some questions there, and some of you might be a little bit uncomfortable because one of the questions I asked is, where are you walking in darkness? And I know we could just kind of skip over that stuff, and you could kind of glide right out of this church. But listen, it's important for your life, for your eternity, for you to deal with the, the darkness. God doesn't want you to walk in darkness. He invites you lovingly to, to come into the light to just, you know, confess that sin. When you confess that sin, you're stepping right into that light. So let's just close our eyes and um, bow our heads for a moment. If you want to lift your hands and just speak to the Lord. If, If you just want to speak to him today, Lord, I want to enter into your light. Now is a great moment. Father, we want to enter into your light. We want to walk with you where we've been walking our own way, Father, help us to walk your way. Where we've been religiously minded, sinful, Lord, we want to look to you, God. Thank you for the grace that you've shown us. May we show it to others, Lord. We step into your light today. This is the day that you have made. Thank you, God. So as we looked at our sin today, I just as well want to make it really clear as you look at your sin it's really important to look it's really important to look at your darkness look at that sin but but also really important is to quickly move to looking to the light and that is Jesus your savior again the christian christian thing the gospel message the good news is not that just you're just a sinner and you need to be good it's that you are a sinner and God is good And he invites you. He wants to take your hand. You know, where it's been so clear that you've been wrong, he wants to bring you into his light. And so he invites you into that. And and, um, Jesus died so you could know God, so that you could have a relationship with God the Father. And that is so, there's so much to that. Um, But um, this is fellowship. But I just want to pray this prayer in Ephesians 3, 17 to 19 that Paul prayed, Gregory prayed another one in Galatians earlier, but this is what Ephesians says. I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, many of you here have been Christians for a long time, you are rooted and established in love. But Paul says, I pray those of you that have been rooted and established in love may now have power together with all the saints to grasp. Can you say to grasp? to grasp. It's like another level. It's a fellowship with God. It's a relationship with God. To grasp. And actually, this word to grasp means to capture. And it's like this picture of an, an army taking a fortress, knocking down all the walls and taking over. 
So Paul says, I pray that you would capture, knock down the walls, how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. So we lift our hands today one more time. This is the last thing we're going to do. We lift our hands today. Lord, let your light shine. We ask for more of you in our lives, Lord. We, where we walk in darkness, we thank you. You invite us into the light. And we thank you for the good news of the gospel, that it's not about our goodness, it's about your goodness. We receive more of you today. In Jesus' name, amen.